WTMR Gospel 800, where the master reigns, Camden, Philadelphia, a part of the Beasley Broadcast Group. See how dumb we are? We are pretty ignorant. And this big old wide USA. And every corner we look in, or every square foot we find another enemy against us. And yet we won't build up a hospital so that we can take care of our own selves. Try and do these things, or wait around and it'll be too late, and then you will cry, oh, woe is me, that I let such opportunity that Elijah Muhammad was teaching me to take hold of, and I fooled around and didn't do nothing but depend on the white man. Fill up something for ourselves. And then the nations of the earth will recognize you as they are, are recognized themselves for doing for self. No need to say you don't have a chance. Oh, yes. We break the chain, brother, and come on out of we don't have nothing that binding us that we cannot destroy and free ourselves. I want you to remember this. You are a little too happy to do temporary things. We don't want no temporary here. We want permanent. The professional, the professional people that I see written down here, we could take these people and build the finest nation there's on earth. But if we cleave our tongue to the roof of our mouth and won't let it speak for self and tie our hands behind us, so the hands won't do for self, you can expect to suffer. Now in the South, we do have their farms that uh, when we harvest them, we expect to eat and you eat too. So since that you will eat too, Help us to work that farm. Greetings. 
I'm your brother, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad, the local representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. Welcome to another great edition of Muhammad Speaks Radio, where you were just listening to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad on the 1972 Savior's Day instructions that he gave not only to the Nation of Islam, but to the entire black nation. As you heard him, how he spoke, that he was asking black professionals to come and help him to dig up into this earth so that we can get true freedom and we can set a course for ourselves. But unfortunately, we did not listen to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And when he departed in 1975, then we saw the end, not only of the nation of Islam, and we are thankful that it has been revised, but we saw the end of black culture. We saw the end of black excellence of doing for self, not black excellence of what we call Black History Month, where it's just you and I accomplishing things against the oppression of those of us who oppressed us here in America. I'm talking about black excellence, that black excellence that came from the beginning that created everything that you see, the black excellence that created the pyramids in the East, the black excellence that created mathematics, the black excellence that created everything that you and I see in the universe. But as the minister of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, I am asking Almighty God, Allah, in the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah who appeared to us in the person of Master Fard Muhammad, to whom praise is due forever. We can never thank the God that was written in the scriptures of the Bible and in the presence of the Holy Quran. We can't thank him enough for coming and raising in our midst a divine leader, teacher, and a perfect guide in the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. It is in their great names that I greet you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We simply said in the Arabic language, Assalamu alaikum. This is not a password. This is not me trying to be other than ourselves. It is the original language of the original black man that we spoke in wishing each other peace because we knew that a day was coming that you would be devoid of peace. Why would you be devoid of peace? Because you would be devoid of freedom, justice, and equality. So my good brothers and sisters, I am your host this evening on Muhammad Speaks Radio. Your brother, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad, and as always, I always would like to thank the wonderful brothers and sisters of Muhammad's Temple of Islam Number 20 here in Camden, New Jersey. For the past 10 years that I have been residing here as Brother Minister, a title that I don't take lightly, that I am growing into the knowledge of myself and the knowledge of others and learning this thing and getting a handle on what to do and how to handle our people. But one thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to keep on building and we're going to keep the doors open and we're going to keep striving in the way of Allah as taught to us by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. So I thank the wonderful brothers and sisters of Muhammad's Temple of Islam number 20 for the opportunity to represent to them and do some, you know, magnificent community that we have there on Haddon Avenue. Hard workers dedicated to the program and position of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the way that we live our lives every day. Our sisters are covered every day. You see them. If you see them, they're representing the presence of a black man, the presence of the God that came with us to let you know in their uniform that they are protected and they're urging you to respect them or they're commanding the respect to you all. When you see us there, you see us there employing people on Haddon Avenue. You see us there offering jobs. We see us there calling people in unity and community. You see us there building in the way of Allah and his messengers so that you can recognize that the power is in the words and the program of the Ambalaji Muhammad of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But as always, as we talk about yesterday, today, and tomorrow, I am so humbled and honored to talk about these wonderful brothers, the Coalition for the Remembrance of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, our dear brother, the co-founders, Brother Shaheed Muslim, Brother Halif Muhammad, and my dear brother and friend, Brother Munir Muhammad, that wonderful organization there in the city of Chicago that has an impact not only across America but throughout the world. They are the National Archives of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Our dear brothers, I thank you. If you're in Chicago, you should visit these brothers and sisters 
there in Chicago to all the wonderful brothers and sisters there who do such a wonderful, wonderful job of preserving the history and taking the great pains that is taken to use only the messenger's last words. And that's a, that's a hell of a pain because we, we share some of that burden here in Camden and throughout the nation, those of us who are trying to do the work and wisdom and get this man and this lovely man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, so that you can remember him and not only to remember him, but to remember him and to be able to study him. And as always, I am thankful. And I always try to say this, the man who was the national representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, who's been at the helm, working hard and tirelessly in the wilderness of North America and throughout the world, keeping the name and the magnitude and the base and the foundation of the Nation of Islam well and alive. This is why we can't thank Allah enough for this brother. And we pray that Allah continue to bless him with the best of health and the best of spirit. That is our dear brother, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, the National Representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam. We pray that Allah to continue to protect and to preserve that brother for you and me here throughout the black nation and eventually throughout the world. This is a wonderful brother. I am always honored and humbled to be in his presence and to be in the presence of Brother Munir and the co-founders of Crow, who all who when you have such powerful, impactful men to to defend and to encourage the work that we're doing here in the city of Camden. We can't be thankful enough, and this is why we keep working in spite of your envy, your jealousy, your hatred. Not only not of me, because it's not personal. Your envy and jealousy and hatred of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam, the man who we're trying to represent to you today. So we're going to have a discussion as we embarked on the 50th, I don't like to say anniversary, but the 50th year at the assassination of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, a powerful and impactful black man who really needs no introduction of the work and the, and the confounded work that he has did to help us in our struggle here in America. But as we talk about that, and as I said earlier, I'm not going to discuss, you know, the 50, you know, anniversary of the man who was so violently murdered by our open enemy here in America. But as you know, as they take all of our leaders and destroy our leaders, they give us uh, nice monuments and different things and name streets after us and all of these things that really, really, if we paid attention to the keenness of the actions of uh, those outside of our community, we would do more better. We'd do much better in, in navigating ourselves and our community through what we call this wilderness of North America. But as we embark on the 50th year since the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, there's been a lot of conversation, a lot of discussion, a lot of documentaries, a lot of TV specials, and a lot of school uh, schools and universities have done honors. And I was greatly honored to be a part of the uh, our congressman here, Donald Norcross. This is uh, 50th, um, um, the thing that he did at, here at the Historical Society, Society here in the city of Camden with our dear brother and friend, Reverend Chris Collins and the sheriff of Camden County, my brother and friend, Brother Gilbert Whit Wilson. I was definitely honored to be there to film it for Camden City School District Television. But as you look on the HBO specials that have been going on, the documentaries and the Showtime issues and things that they have of the 50th um, a year of the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, it, it kind of bothers me because you hear no mention of that great meeting. If you go to my Facebook page, you'll see a picture. You'll go to my Facebook page, uh, Wasim Muhammad, and you'll see a, a well-documented, documented, uh, uh, you know, pictorial pictures and newspaper articles, archive Muhammad Speaks newspaper articles and uh, uh, video and things, trying to use our page as a way to gather and to get information over to you and to uh, uh, inspire you with the truth as given to us by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad from the perspective of the Nation of Islam. And as you see there, there's a lot of things and evidence that we have. But one thing that you have noticed, and I want you to take notice of this here in on this radio program, Muhammad Speaks Radio. Take notice of how you never hear anything 
about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the meeting that uh, him and Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King had at his house, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's home there in the city of Chicago. There is no mention of that. And not only did Dr. King come, but Ralph Abernathy, uh, the Coretta Scott King, Ralph Abernathy's wife, other leaders and, and, and people of the civil rights movement of the circle of Dr. the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. But it's such an impactful meeting of a great man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Let me just take a minute to, as we tell this story, I want to take you a minute to talk about, I want to give you the picture. You know, when you talk about great stories and reading great um, um, things, you got to get a setting. you got to get the idea of what we're talking about. Now, in 1964, during the time of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the book, that is most notable that you should read, and I encourage all to read the book, the well-renowned, top-selling book then and still today, um, Reader Digest, called This Man, the Most Powerful Man in, on Black Man in America. That's the Honorable Elijah Muhammad I'm talking about. This is 1964, and this great book was called Message to the Black Man in America, and on there it talks about, you know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad impact from Reader's Digest and other things. So this man, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, was very, very impactful. You couldn't miss him. You couldn't miss the Nation of Islam and the wonderful ministers that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad raised up of Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, who was then Louis X prior to 1964, I believe it was when we received his holy name. Might have been 65. Uh, someone can text me and correct me because I want to get those facts correctly if I'm getting that wrong. But nevertheless, um, in 1972, you know, um, Ebony and J Ebony magazine did an article on which way should we go in the black nation. And, you know, it featured the Nation of Islam and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Jet magazine. So Honorable Elijah Muhammad wasn't something that may be a misnomer to many of you listening today, today, because there is a we call it a blackout. Of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. It's okay to talk about his students. Okay, you know, to talk about Malcolm X and, you know, the people talk about the meeting of Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King, which really never happened. You know, they took a picture as I believe they were crossing each other's paths at an airport. And of course, they admired each other because they were black men leading the black community. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had made Malcolm X a household name throughout uh, the America in the nation of Islam and America is abroad and countries abroad. So you couldn't miss the impact that the Ambalaj Muhammad and the nation of Islam had. And such an impactful man meeting with the civil rights leader, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. It was, it had to be the meeting of the best minds and the meeting of both sides of the argument of black people that they were had then when we were wondering which way should we go? How should we go? Should we continue in the civil rights movement? Or should we listen to that old Mr. Elijah Muhammad who's talking about separation, you know, and doing for self and all of the things that um, loving self and, you know, love self before you can love your enemy and build up a strong community among yourself. As you heard in the opening, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad talking to us about and discussing to you and I about in the open that this big old wide USA and we haven't even built up a hospital and can't build up a supermarket and all this land to feed ourselves. You heard that in the opening. If you can go back and archive that, you'll get a better idea. So our discussion tonight, brothers and sisters, as we want you to call in and have, be a part of this discussion and this conversation. If you are looking to call in, give us a call at 1-866-799-9090. That's 1-866-799-9090. Be a part of this conversation. Why is very difficult for during the as we're discussing 50 years since the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King we find it almost nearly impossible to hear about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the great impact that he may or may not have to some, because I know you argue that argument, have on the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. On my Facebook page, there is a interview that Dr. King did with NBC. And if you listen to this interview, you'll see the strength and the courage of Dr. King and the correctness, the politically correctness to black people 
of what direction and how we should be looked upon here in America, which if you study the life and the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King, if you study that, you'll see the growth. And growth just don't happen by osmosis, brothers and sisters. Growth just don't happen you sitting home on your behind doing nothing. When you grow, when you and I grow in intelligence and information, it's because we were impacted or with some kind of information or impacted with some inspiration. And as we were inspired, we had to go and research. We had to go and study. We had to go and sit with people. We had to talk. We had to go to a professor. I mean, you know, you like to give uh, credit to Dr. King, to Mahatma Gandhi, you know, and the peaceful nonviolent movement. But if you look at that clip by the NBC News, NBC News of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King in 1967, you would have to give credit to someone as you like to give credit to the civil rights nonviolent movement to his influence of Mahatma Gandhi. If you listen to the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, he sounds like a minister of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and giving you a full picture of the status of why the black man and woman is unable to move here in America because of the injustice that was brought to us through our slavery experience. And we can't go forward until we until we study that particular part of our experience, the hatred and the self-hatred and the Willie Lynch and everything that's surrounding that. But when the slave master just said, let's just go, you're free, but didn't give us any tools to go with. You know, that was the Honorable Elijah Muhammad crying in the wilderness since the 1930s before Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was born, crying in the wilderness, teaching you and I about the knowledge of ourselves and the knowledge of our past and how it has affected us as a people, why it's difficult for us to move forward. So we're going to have that discussion tonight. I think I laid the foundation. You can call in once again at one 866 Now, just to set my argument, to make my argument a better argument, as the Holy Quran teaches us and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us to argue in the best of manner, meaning the kind of argument that two attorneys will have. I ain't talking about the Negro argument that we would see with two derelicts or something arguing over five cent dollar bottle of wine. And I ain't talking about the argument that you may have with your partner or significant other or your wife or your husband. I'm talking about the argument of presenting facts and persuading ideas with using intelligence to get a point across because the point and what we're trying to get across is greater than our individual ego of how we feel about ourselves to win the argument because the argument have the future of ourselves and our children behind us. So that's the conversation we're going to have. And I'm going to play for you real quick a clip from one of the civil rights icons today who happened to be a student of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. I want you to hear what he said in 1975 about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad when he was there at the Savior's Day Convention in 1975, talking about our dear beloved brother, the messenger, pardon me, dear beloved messenger, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, as he departed the day before Savior's Day speech and they were keeping the nation of Islam going on and pledging their allegiance to the new leadership of the nation of Islam. So don't go nowhere. I want you to hear this clip and I want you to understand it. And I want you to study it because it's going to present my argument of how, why is it the question that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is omitted when it comes to the history, not only of black people, but particularly when it talks about the rise and the, and more in particular, the HBO special that was just on talking about the last three years of Dr. King's life. Take a listen to this of one of our civil rights giants and what he have to say about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in 1975. We're honored today to have a great distinguished guest with us. He's the head of Operation Push, Reverend Jesse Jackson. Muhammad, the royal family, assalamu The black nation's heart is heavy today 
we are suspended because of the loss of our prophet, the messenger. There's a difference between prophets and politicians. Politicians take all they can, prophets give all they got. I am here today because I have been privileged by the Honorable Wallace Muhammad to be a part of this ceremony and because I, as many of you, sat at the feet of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and shared and was taught. I want to share with you, in a measure, some of the lessons that he taught me that I hope will stay in your heart forever. He knew that self-power was more basic than economic and political power, and that if you got self-power, you could get economic power. The single most powerful black man in this country died yesterday, but he's resurrected today. The prophet has moved to another state, but his prophecy lives on. The messenger made the message very clear. He turned alienation into emancipation. He concentrated on taking people out of the slums, but more basically slums out of the people. He took dope out of our veins and put hope in our brains. He dealt with great balance. Many of the writers are concerned today of how big the economic empire is, but the depth of the nation is its spiritual empire. For spiritual regeneration is more important than economic generation. You could put a hog on a board clean up the hog, dry him down, put a blue ribbon on the hog, put perfume on the hog, put the hog on television. But around about five o'clock, his hog nature would make him go back to the trunk. So it is not enough to dress up a man from the outside in. He must be dressed up from the inside out. today that his leadership extended far beyond the membership of the Nation of Islam. For more than three decades, this prophet has been the spiritual leader and a progressive force for black identity and consciousness, self-determination and economic development. He was the father of black self-consciousness during our colored and Negro days. He was black. The black community the city of Chicago, the nation and the world are less because of his passing, but more because of the training of Brother Wallace. In spite of the alienation and separation that the prophet found in America, a state not of his making but of his affirming, he was able to overcome and turn this stumbling block into a stepping stone. He turned a minus into a plus. He made a way out of no way he and Amanda told us that it is not your aptitude, but your attitude that determines your altitude. And I salam alaikum, and we are back. And brothers and sisters, it's great to have the archives. I want to thank the Crow Coalition, Crow TV Coalition for the Remembrance of the Albert Lodge Muhammad for that archive, that, for that archive there that if 
you know, some of these things got away from us in the nation of Islam at the departure of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in 1975. And we're so glad and thankful that an organization dedicated itself just to preserving the wisdom of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the words and the encouraging things that he gave to us in videotapes like that. So you can go to crow.org if you would like to get the actual video of that uh, clip that we played from Jesse Jackson in 1975 as we're making the argument today of the impact of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, not only only black people at large here in America or black America, but the impact that he had on the late and great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King as we talk about coming out of this week 50 years since the assassination of Dr. King. And we hear all of these specials and see all these specials, and particularly one in general, the HBO special that it talks about the last three years of Dr. King's life. And it goes into it, you know, it goes all the way up into those last three years, and it stops everywhere short of just the great meaning of the most impactful man in the country, in the world, as you heard from one of the students who was there when Dr. King was assassinated on that balcony there in Memphis, Tennessee. You know, brothers and sisters, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was working since the 30s. And you're talking about going to prison, the great letter that Dr. King wrote, the letter from Birmingham jail, that Dr. King spent a few days in jail and locked up in the ceremonial, so ceremoniously things of, uh, you know, the civil rights movement that leaders must go through. But the Honorable Elijah Muhammad spent several years, five or more, seven years in prison, five years, pardon me, in prison, in federal prison for a crime that he did not do, for a crime in, um, uh, that they call sedition and draft evasion. But even though he was 45 years old, a, a, a year past the draft age during the times that America had to draft during World War II. But he was an executive order to get this man off the streets because they brought, was building up the propaganda against the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam uh, because they wanted him off the street as America was prosecuting a war during World War II. And they didn't want the black people, the black man, to be waking up. And they didn't want to take the chance to have black people unite with other people in their ways and um, other countries and their interests. So they took men like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad by executive order off the streets of this country and unjustly put him in jail. And he spent years. So the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was working in the 30s in the 40s and in the 50s and then in towards the late 50s when Reverend Dr. King and the civil rights movement started getting this, getting this, the engine gone. The nation of Islam had been around for years and Alba Elijah Muhammad was writing articles in Mr. Muhammad Speaks newspaper, I mean, pardon me, in the black newspapers, articles in the section called Mr. Muhammad Speaks and you know, during that time, and Al Elijah Muhammad and his ministers was going up and down the East Coast and the West Coast and the South, teaching and preaching this, what was considered to be a new religion, but a religion that was old as man himself, the religion of Islam and bringing black people back to themselves and their natural selves. So we know the impact of the nation of Islam. And you know, it's very difficult for you to mention the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. But brothers and sisters, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad met with Dr. King there on the eve of Savior's Day. And the eve of Savior's Day, and when the meeting was impactful, and you can only imagine in sitting around uh, a giant like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And uh, you see from the pictures a real humble spirit of Dr. King. See, first of all, when a man decides to come to a man's house, that's someone that has respect when you show up at a man's door and you not only show up with yourself, you show up with your whole team, including your team's wives. That's respect for that man to, for, so those naysayers to say that, you know, King, and I know you want to say, you want to give credit. You know, you have no issue in giving credit to King's nonviolent movement to Mahatma Gandhi, because Mahatma Gandhi don't look like King. He didn't suffer like King. He's not a 400-year-old slave like King. And we know we encourage that self-hatred. But why not can you give the change of Dr. King's direction, which made him at the time of the last three years of his life, he was considered labeled an anti-Semitic, 
anti-Semitic. He was labeled, as you see people labeling our dear brother, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan today and the members of the Nation of Islam trying to coin us as some hate group or some anti-Semitic group against Jews. But that's a day for another conversation that we will wax you on that conversation and wake up and get strong, scared Negroes. This is our day and your day and the Nation of Islam have been there to defend you. What are you going to do? when they come after us to label us as haters and anti-Semitic, even though we have not touched the hair of a head of one Jewish person here in America. We have not bombed one synagogue. And the latest and the last I checked with the New Jersey Homeland Security, the greatest threat among Jewish people and black people is the Aryan nations and the clans and the new white hatred groups. But you don't hear any talk about that, but you see them attacking those of us who are in the black community trying to impact our people and wake our people up from the deaf, dumb and blind state that they were put in by our enemy here for 400 years. So, brothers and sisters, we're not going to go down that pike right now. This is we can dedicate another show to that. But I'm saying to you, brothers and sisters, that the impact of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the eve of Savior's Day, 19, um, um, of Savior's Day, 1960, I believe it was 65, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad sat down with the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King along with his team and his wives and his wives' team, Reverend Ralph Abernathy and civil rights, other great civil rights leaders that was very helpful to the impact of the civil rights movement. But you hear no mention of it. You hear people mentioning and talking about today his meeting with Malcolm X. Well, Malcolm X didn't have a movement. Malcolm X was inside of a movement called the Nation of Islam as a minister until he left his way. And he spent 11 months trying to get his feet together and get his head together and establish a movement which he did not establish. Not the movement that was established by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the Nation of Islam that was already over 30 or more years in the workings and 30 or more years working day in and day out to impact you and to impact you with with uh, um, tangible things that can move a people, not just talk, you know, and, and that's another conversation. You know, you like to talk about, you want to mention Malcolm X and you mention everything other than his ministry as a minister, which made him Malcolm X. And you don't even think about who gave him the X to be Malcolm X, but you talk about by any means necessary. And I, and those who are regulars at Muhammad's Temple of Islam, number 20, you know, you can't give me those acronyms there by any means necessary. If you're a leader, you better have a means necessary. We want to know your means. And we, if you talk about that kamikaze conversation by any means necessary, that means, uh-oh, I need to go out the door and go the other way because we want to know the means that is necessary for us to listen to you, for you to lead these troops out the door. And brothers and sisters, we got to wake up. And once again, I'm your host. For those who may just be joining in on our conversation this Evening on Muhammad Speaks Radio, we're discussing the impact and the omission of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad when it comes to the evolution of our dear brother and great, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, as we look back 50 years after his assassination, that Dr. King began to wake up and become strong and understand that the country that he was so uh, 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 visible in the people that he was so visible in to working to trying to be their brethren. He began his eyes, they begin to open up to see the hypocrisy of these people and a different nature of these people. And he most importantly began to see the impact or the impact that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had on him and discussing him that you got to go to the root. Because when we talk about divine wisdom, brothers and sisters, we're talking about root knowledge. We ain't talking about surface knowledge and things you stay on the surface because you want to go sit at a lunch counter because you want to wink your eye at Susie or you want to go to a hotel and can't wait to, to wait to spend your money with your oppressor and wait so your oppressor can continue to have the vehicle to oppress you. And you were so, you know, shaken and impacted by that. But you didn't even think twice 
about, you know, what it is, the impact it would have on us as a people and, you know, what it would do for us as you wanted to do that. And you forgot about the love of self, the love of, that we should have. And with the same vibrancy, with the same uh, um, uh, forthrightness that you, where we had in trying to march on in Selma, Alabama and march in other places, that same forthrightness or that same intensity we should have in getting us to love ourselves here in our community. 50 years later, where's the marches at? Where are the people that, where are the people coming together at? Where are the, you know, the, the leaders in the community that is still talking about social justice and justice for black people and let us love each other and love ourselves and working together, working together with selves for ourselves to do something for ourselves. You don't hear too much of that and you don't see too much of that, but we have more, more intensity when we were trying to get to the lunch counters and we were trying to get into hotels to spend our money with people and trying to change someone's uh, civil rights, which is very noble. The civility of the people to make people civil. I got that because just because it's the law don't mean that you're going to change the nature of the people. And it don't mean that the people won't begin to look at you in the manner that they see you in and that festering up that circumstances. And lo and behold, 50 years later, that which they had mounted up in them, that they have held, that they passed on. And you know, we pass things on in the sperm, in the genes that they pass on to other generations and the hatred that you see with the social engineering and the, the, the judicial system that's been unjust to so many of us, the, uh, the, the educate lack of education and honoring of, you know, Brown versus born education and the things that can make us a substantial people that you don't see it there. And you wonder why it's so much hatred among us and you and I and why we can't get out of the hole that we have that we in as a people on a whole scale. I ain't talking about the individual people. I know you're going to say, well, what about LeBron James? What about this one? These great black millionaires. Yeah, well, these great black millionaires is trying to hold on to what they have and trying to impact you and I because of our lack of unity. It don't give them any strength. They're just as what we would call the porch monkeys or the house Negroes. And I don't want to say that to talking against my brethren. I'm saying that to the view so to be so impactful to you to get you to wake up to the same trick that happened then is the same trick that's happening today. So we want you to wake up. So let's get back on subject matter. Why is it, brothers and sisters, that is it make it difficult difficult for us to talk about the impact of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had on the life and legacy of the Dr. Martin Luther King and the meeting of those great people. There's no other leader that was in America that has more impactful through the decades and decades of our struggle other than the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. To see those two men sit down and have that discussion and, you know, and Boy, will we love to have the tape because we know the federal federal government has the tape, the FBI, because we later learned through the Freedom of Information Act that the Honorable Elijah Muhammad's house was taped, was wiretaped for the, all the days that he left from out of federal prison, from the days he left federal prison up until the time that he departed from us in 1975, that he his house was wiretapped. And tapes, so they had every conversation, and they had every conversation that the man had, every telephone conversation, every dinner chat that he had with his ministers, with his families, with his guests, everything. So we want to know, dig up those tapes, and let's sit down and talk about those tapes. And you know, if you take a comprehensive study of Dr. King's life and legacy and his speeches and all of his great things, that uh, um you'll see the growth in the last three years of Dr. King's life. And that one particular clip that we played on our Facebook page to advertise this show, you'll hear Dr. King talk strong as if he knew what he was talking about. Talk like a Muslim minister. Talk like Malcolm X would talk. 
with intelligence, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, Minister Jeremiah Shabazz. There also is a picture that we're going to show you on our Facebook page, on our social media page that you'll get to see of a picture of our dear brother, the late and great Minister Jeremiah Shabazz there in Philadelphia, of you know who happened to be the minister in Atlanta before he was the minister in Philadelphia at Mosque number 12, Temple number 12 then. And he spent years in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, he spent years in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, you know, so that is the town in which Dr. King was born and raised. That's the town where he went to school. The only, you know, the time that he came, left out of there in his college years when he went to Crozier uh, the, um, Theological School there in Chester, Pennsylvania. And, uh, and there's an impact, there's a little impact here with Camden because on one of his arrest warrants that he got arrested, I believe it was in Morristown, New Jersey, his address that he used was an address of a property here in Camden that we're trying to dig up, get some of his archives together. But nevertheless, brothers and sisters, the impact that he have had, you know, you couldn't go through uh, any town or any city than where one of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad ministers was at and not be impacted by the ministry of that particular minister as that particular minister was given instructions on how to impact black people, given instructions of a program on how to get to fish black people in and not to and be proactive out in the street to get black people to come to the temple to hear the life-giving teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the articles that Mr. Muhammad wrote in black newspapers up and down the South in Chicago and the the Pittsburgh Curry and the Amsterdam, Amsterdam News, you know, Mr. Muhammad speaks to articles impacting black people, whether you was a follower or not. And then when Muhammad Ali became heavyweight champion and discussed to the world. So you can't say that Mr. Muhammad did not impact someone, let alone someone who he sat down with, who came to his house. You know, that man has to be impactful for you to come to the house and bring your wife to that man's house. That has to be, that's that, that, that you've shown right there that you have respect for this man and to have a conversation for hours with the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And then you study Dr. King's speeches. You study his interviews and you'll see the impact of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the impact that we hope and pray that many of us have on you today. When we sit and talk to you about the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, about the Bible conversation that we have, the Bible college of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Quranic and Islamic scholarship of the new Islam of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, whether you're a Muslim or Christian, when you sit down with us, you will never be the same, let alone if you sit down with the teacher and leader and guide of the nation of Islam. It is impactful to you. You will never be the same to hear the exegesis of scripture the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had and the handle that he had on scripture and in the boldness of saying that he met and sat and was taught by God that's impactful right there that'll make you and you hear the man and you're looking at this man and he's not crazy and he's not drooling out the mouth and he's not cross-eyed and you know and crazy you know these these imposters who claim to be this and that you know these people are be looking crazy but here's a man who said that he met with God but yet commanded and demanded respect abroad for world leaders leaders in this country black leadership the respect of someone so great of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King to sit down with him at his house and bring his wife to him to his house to have dinner with him and meet there and sit there with his wife, Sister Clara Muhammad and his family and dine and have great conversations along with his teams uh, and their wives as well. So I just want you to get to think about that. So as we talk about that impact, let's for fast forward 50 years later to today. Why is it no conversation of this? Why don't we have a conversation? Why we don't hear about this impact of these two great minds, two great people coming together, Georgia bred and born black men. As Honorable Elijah Muhammad was born and raised in Georgia and Dr. Martin Luther King was born and raised in Georgia. Why don't we hear about that impactful, the two most impactful leaders of our time? 
uh, of this century. But yet, it's impossible. In scholarship, we don't hear anything about uh, um, uh, 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 in our schools, in our higher institutions, in our higher learning. We don't hear anything about it. And no, the documentaries, we don't hear anything about the leadership. And then we got the nerve to hear you talk about the meeting of Dr. King and Malcolm X and the picture that they took in the airport, you know, as they were crossing paths, with, which was no meeting. They met up, but they did not have a meeting to discuss, whereas though they could work together and didn't have a press conference after that of saying that the, how the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and Dr. King would work together. See, we just giving you this information, brothers and sisters, to try to wake you up, to get you to understand, you know, where we are at as a community and uh, why, and to get you to take another look at why. Why do they omit the Honorable Elijah Muhammad? Why is he not in there? The HBO documentary film, The Last Three Years of King's Life. That wasn't great history. That's not a great storyline to talk about. His meeting, him going to the house of the leader and, and spiritual leader and guide of the Nation of Islam, the Nation of Islam that had great, great membership, organized body of group of people who had the heavyweight champion of the world advocating for the working wisdom of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, the Nation of Islam that had a charismatic leader, I mean charismatic, charismatic minister in New York City, Minister Malcolm X and you know, in the uh, charismatic, charismatic leaders and ministers all throughout the nation of Islam. That wasn't impactful enough to get any writer to, as they're studying Dr. King's life and his footsteps that he took, that you missed that. And if you did see it, why is it that you did not write about it today? Why are you not talking about it today? What I would like for you to do. And I don't ask you for too much here as your brother, Brother Minister Wasim Muhammad here. I would like for you to have group discussions at your barbers, local barbershops. As you know, I see barbershops now are having Bible studies, and that's good, brother. You know, in your Quranic classes and your political science classes and your gathering together and your wine classes and your whatever or wine groups that you have, your cigars groups that you have. Let us take the challenge. And let us have a topic in the black community to discuss the meeting between the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. Let's, 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 let us try to discuss that in the black community. And as a small bullet point in that discussion, let us talk about why it's difficult and why the Honorable Elijah Muhammad is omitted in the conversation about Dr. King, the most impactful. Now, I played for you early, for those who may just be joining us now. We played a clip from Reverend Jesse Jackson in 1975, at 1975 Savior's Day, the, the day after the departure of Messenger Elijah Muhammad. And he talked about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. We talked earlier about Reader's Digest in 1964, when the great book Message to the Black Man in America came out, how Reader's Digest said that Mr. Elijah Muhammad was the most powerful black man in the country. How Esquire magazine did a little pictorial picture of uh, the president of France. Now, this is a foreign leader. Now, Elijah Muhammad here in America, he's supposed to be an insignificant leader. You know, you leave it up to Representative Keith Ellison there in Minnesota of that nobody listens to the nation of Islam. But yet in 1964, the president, a pictorial picture of a president of another country, of a foreign country, France, is pointing to a picture of the Mr. Elijah Muhammad stating that if it was not for this man, we'll have a glorious picture. Now, here's another, you know, and, and like I said, we got great conversation coming up this week as we talk about the propaganda with the Congressional Black Caucus with our dear brother and, and national representative, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, of trying to label him as a hate teacher and an anti-Semitic. And we'll get to that conversation later because that's a conversation piece that we must have because we see the keenness of the federal government trying to set it up 
whereas though the nation of Islam will be censored and the and and most importantly the words and wisdom of someone who they already indirectly have censored in you that works that's why you are afraid to mention the honorable Elijah Muhammad they already send a uh, a non-verbal message out there and it seems that some of you waking up a little bit because that attack on our dear brother and national representative of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is bigger than the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That attack is on Minister Louis Farrakhan's teacher and, and leader and teacher because that is the wisdom that Minister Farrakhan is expressing to us all. And it's not what I'm saying to you. It's what he's saying. You can hear it from himself. He would tell you such. And he said in all of his lectures and all of his writings that his teacher, and he opens up in his teacher's name. So the attack, so those who are anti-Minister Farrakhan, or whether you're Muslim or non-Muslim, you should feel offended because Minister Farrakhan is representing the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. You should feel as offended as I feel offended at their attack on him because I am a follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And if you attack my brother, who is a, representing the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, you are attacking me as well. So it's conversation that we must have, and I feel appalled, and I feel just downright out sickened by this attack uh, by the right-wing Republicans uh, when it comes to in the Jewish community about our dear brother and friend, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and because it's bigger than him, but you know, because our people are discussing what we're trying to bring to our people is the words and wisdom of the man who can shake the door, who can clean black people up, that you heard uh, uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson in the opening clip discuss to you what the Honorable Elijah Muhammad was most important for, not just getting the slums out of the, I mean, he does not just getting us out of the slums, he said, but getting the slums out of the people. In other words, let me interpret it for you, giving you high civilization. It was the Honorable Elijah Muhammad that gave you that, that gave the world they gave the black nation that here in America, high civilization, where you saw the Muslim, you saw a brother or sister who was once a part of destroying the black community, destroying our budding little communities and around. But once he got into the nation of Islam, you begin to see that black man or that black woman, very highly civilized and a well-made person by the making of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Now, today, I know many of you are going to get issues with that, but if you're going to clean black people up today and refine him culturally, mentally, spiritually, and morally, you have to come in the name of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to do that great work that you see many others, and particularly our dear brother, the national representative, do in the name of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. So, dear brothers, I guess you know I made a good argument. You can go back and archive this show and uh You'll be able to see it look like I'm running down on my time this evening. And it was great conversation. But remember, as I recap this evening to you before we go, I think that in our group discussions that we have, whether we have Bible study, whether we have Quranic study, whether we have political science classes, whether we're gathering together in barbershops, let's gather together and talk about that great meeting of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King and as a sidebar of that discussion, let's discuss why are they omitting the Honorable Elijah Muhammad out of that discussion of the 50 years as we talk about, as we recap the assassination of our dear brother, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Well, brothers and sisters, I am your brother. I think we had great conversation. I think those who are listening in and paying attention to us here on WTMR 800 AM here in the Delaware Valley and also watching us or viewing us live on Facebook Live. I see a group of people there. Thank you. Yes, I appreciate all of you for listening and, and giving us encouraging words. But on behalf of myself and the members of Muhammad's Temple of Islam, number 20, as always, we say love yourself and love your black kind. And we greet you as we came to you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. Assalam alaikum.
that this word will be multiplied into their hearts. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. To cover the 30 or more million people of ours. Yes, sir. Here in America. Yes, sir. We are happy to say to them that listen, for those few minutes, that we are your brother and your sister. And that we want you in this circle of safety from a Savior that is well able to save you and me. Thank to Master Rod Muhammad, Almighty God, for coming to save you and me. WTMR Gospel 800, where the Master reigns, Camden, Philadelphia, a part of the Beasley Broadcast.